Honorable ulama, respected elders, brothers in Islam, and those that are listening over the various social media platforms, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. In the sixth year after Hijrah, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam had seen a dream. In this dream, he and the Sahaba radiallahu ta'ala anhu had performed Umrah, and after the Umrah, they removed their hair from their heads. And the dreams of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam are true. Hence, he instructed the Sahaba radiallahu ta'ala anhum to prepare that we are going to go to Makkah Mukarramah and we are going to perform Umrah. So they left Medina Munawwarah, they went into the state of Ihram and they reached a place called Hudaybiyah. And when they reached Hudaybiyah, the kuffar of Makkah Mukarramah, they stopped Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and the Muslims from entering Makkah and from performing Umrah. So much discussion had taken place. Amongst the terms and conditions that was reached when this peace treaty was signed between them as a result of this conflict, which is known as the Treaty of Hudaybiyah, one of the terms and conditions of this particular treaty was that we will not attack you and you will not attack us. And there were many tribes in that part of the region surrounding Makkah Mukarramah, in particular the Banu Bakr, and the Banu Khuza'a tribe, they formed an alliance. One of them formed an alliance with the Kuffar of Makkah Mukarramah, and the other formed an alliance with the Muslims and Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So these tribes that were surrounding Makkah Mukarramah, whichever tribe wanted to form an alliance with either one of the parties could do so. They formed an alliance with the, uh, with the Makkans, with the Kuffar of Makkah, and the Banu Khuza'a tribe, they formed an alliance with Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and the Muslims. As time passed, the Banu Bakr tribe, they attacked some individuals from the Banu Khuza'a tribe and they killed them. With the help of the Kuffar of Makkah Mukarramah. And the Banu Khuza'a tribe, since they were allies of the Muslims in Medina Munawwarah, they came to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And they presented their case before Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that, O oh, Rasul of Allah, this is what happened. We are allies. Please 
help us in resolving the situation. So Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he wrote a letter. And this letter was addressed to the kuffar of Makkah Mukarramah. That you now have three options. Select one of three options. Number one, the people of Banu Khuzara that were killed, you must pay the blood money and the beer. Number two, you distance yourself from the Banu Bakr tribe and we will come and we will deal with Banu Bakr directly. The third option is you choose neither of the two. You don't choose option one, you don't choose option two. We left with no choice, we have to go to war and we will fight. So this letter goes to the Kuffar in Makkah Mukarramah. Initially they did not pay any heed. But Abu Sufyan radiallahu ta'ala anhu, who was not a Muslim at that time, he realized the gravity of the situation. Immediately he rushed to uh, Medina Munawwara. He comes to Medina and he goes to Ummu Habiba radiallahu ta'ala anha, who is his daughter. And also the wife of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He goes to her, he goes to Abu Bakr, he goes to Umar, he goes to Ali radiallahu ta'ala anhu. And he says to them, please, let us come to an understanding. Let's go to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Let us renew the peace treaty that we signed in Qadabiyah. We have to come to some sort of amicable solution to what happened. So when this reached Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam did not give his decision in the matter. He remained silent. And Abu Sufyan radiallahu ta'ala anhu then returned back to Makkah Mukarramah. But in Medina Munawwara, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was planning something. And this was a very secret plan. What was his plan? His plan was to launch an attack on the kuffar of Makkah Mukarramah. A very, very secret plan. The Sahaba radiallahu ta'ala anhum, they knew about it. However, there was one Sahabi by the name of Hatib bin Abi Balta'ah radiallahu ta'ala anhum. Hatib radiallahu ta'ala anhum, he wrote a small note and he gave it to one of the ladies that was going from Medina to Makkah, an old lady by the name of Sarah. He gave it to her and he said to her, take this note. In it, he addressed the kuffar of Makkah saying that this is what is going to happen. Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and the Muslims are coming. He gave it to her and he said to her, keep it a secret. When you reach Makkah Mukarramah, give it to the leaders of the Quraysh. So she left. Immediately Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was informed. And when he was informed about this, he called Ali radiallahu ta'ala Oh Ali, this is what has happened. There's a lady that is leaving Medina Munawwara. She's already left. You will find her at a certain place called Rawdatul Khaf. She has a very secret note with her. Retrieve this note and bring it back. So Ali radiallahu ta'ala anhu, Miqdad radiallahu ta'ala anhu, Zubair radiallahu ta'ala anhu. These three sahaba, they rushed on horseback and they went behind this lady. And they found her exactly where Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said they would find her. And they addressed her, لَتُخْرِجَنَّ الْكِتَابِ Oh lady, take out this note that you have with you. So initially she was a bit confused. What are you talking about? What note are you talking about? So they said, no, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam does not speak aloud. He said, you have a note, you have a note. Give it up. Oh, لَنُجَرِّدَنَّ Literally it means we will unclothe you. Or we will search your person. So she got scared. She became very afraid. And she says to them, okay, turn around. And then she takes her hand and she puts it behind her back. And she had long hair. The hadith says that the secret note was placed in her hair at the bottom of her plait. And she took the secret note out and then she gave it to Ali radiallahu ta'ala anhu who went back to Medina Munawwara and gave it to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam opened this note. And he sees that this is a note from Hafid radiallahu ta'ala anhu to the kuffar of Makkah. Saying what? That the Muslims are going to attack. What a violation of the secret of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Immediately he summons Hafid. Hafid radiallahu ta'ala anhu comes. 
He asked his Hafiz, what have you done? What did you do? Please explain yourself. So he says, O oh, Rasul of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the only reason I did what I did was that the Sahaba radiallahu ta'ala anhum that are living here in Medina Munawwara, they have family and kinsmen back in Makkah Mukarramah to look after their interests and their family in Makkah Mukarramah. I don't have anyone back home in Makkah Mukarramah. So I thought, if I render a favor to the kuffar of Makkah, if I do them this favor, then in consideration of this favor, in view of this favor, they will look after my interests and they will look after my wife and my children back home. And this is the only reason I did what I did. There's no reason for you to question my loyalty. I am loyal to Allah. I am loyal to the Messenger of Allah. My Iman is intact. My Iman is intact. There's no reason to question my loyalty. So Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is listening to him after he says, Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu was there. He says, Da'ni ya Rasulullah abtuluh, fa innahu qadhan Allah wa Rasulah. O Rasulullah, hand him over to me. I will behead him. Because he has been disloyal to Allah and to the message of Allah. He has embezzled in the trust of the message of Allah. Hand him over to me. I will sort him out. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, Innahu fadshahida fadr. is no ordinary sahab. He is the participant of the battle of Badr. This is the position of Hatib radiallahu ta'ala anhu. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, لَعَلَّ اللَّهَ اطَّلَ عَلَىٰ أَهْلِ بَدْرٍ فَقَالَ لَهُمْ اِعْمَلُوا مَا شِئْتُمْ قَدْ غَفَضُ لَكُمْ وَجَبَتْ لَكُمُ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala focused his special attention on the participants of the battle of Badr. And regarding them, he said, from, uh, from now on, do what you wish. Do what you wish. I have forgiven you. And not only have I forgiven you, I have made Jannah wajib upon This is the Sahabi, Hatib radiallahu ta'ala Such a great incident from the seerah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. What lesson do we learn from? A very important lesson. Sometimes we find that a person has done a lot of good. And you can see it. And you can witness it. They are doing sincere good work. But sometimes, unintentionally, perhaps they slip up, they make a mistake. What do we do? We focus on that particular mistake and we forget about all the good that that person has done. We microscopically analyze, criticize, publicize that one issue, that one mistake that a person has done and we forget about the 99 good that a person has done. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he considered the explanation of how He listened to how he understood the value of Hafiz. He gave him importance. He acknowledged his efforts. He acknowledged his sacrifices. And because of his efforts, because of his sacrifices, he tolerated the mistake of Hafiz Otherwise, this is such a serious violation to divulge the secret of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. But Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam tolerated the mistake and Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam defended him from the other Sahaba He understood. That Hatib is a human being. Maybe the emotions got the better of him. And that's why he did what he did. And he tolerated the mistake. He forgave Hatib radiallahu ta'ala anhu. This is a great lesson that we learn from the beautiful seerah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. In Bukhari Sharif, Imam al-Bukhari rahimahullahu ta'ala, in the chapter of Maghaz, the expedition of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he brings a very thought-provoking incident. And this was... After the incident of the Battle of Badr, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed very strong sentiments regarding the prisoners of war. So they captured prisoners of war. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says regarding them, and this was the initial command. 
It is not appropriate for the Nabi until he sheds the blood of the prisoners of the Battle of Badr. Day after ransom took place and so on and so forth. But this was the initial sentiment that was conveyed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Quran. However, I want to draw our attention to the statement of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in this interview. What did he say? He says, لَوْ كَانَ مُطْعِمُ بْنُعَدِي حَيَّةً ثُمَّ كَلَّمَنِي فِي هَأُولَاءِ نَتْنَا لَتَرَفْتُهُ Had Mut'im bin Adi, had he been alive, and had he come to me and interceded on behalf of these prisoners to me, then I would have let them go, I would have released them. Who was Mut'im bin Adi? Mut'im bin Adi was a non-Muslim, passed away as a non-Muslim. He was in the time of Jahiliyyah, in the early days of Islam, when Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam used to give da'wah and invite people towards Islam and to the worship of one Allah. Then Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam went to Ta'if and when he went to Ta'if, the kuffar of Makkah Mukarramah, they plotted and they said to one another, look, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is gone, he's gone to Ta'if. Let's not allow him entrance to Makkah Mukarramah. Let's block the entrance and let's not allow him entrance into Makkah Mukarramah. When Mut'im bin Ali heard this, a non-Muslim, when he heard this, he said to his sons, look, this is what the kuffar of Makkah are planning. Each one of you go to each entrance of Makkah Mukarramah, stand guard and be aware, be alert. When Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is coming back to Makkah Mukarramah from Ta'if, then you make sure that you help him, you support him and you grant him entrance into Makkah Mukarramah. You help and support him to enter Makkah Mukarramah. Years later, after the Battle of Badr, when the prisoners were captured, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is thinking about who? A non-Muslim, Mut'im ibn Ali. He's saying that if he was alive today, if he was alive today, and if he asked me to release the prisoners, then in you, or in consideration of the good that he did for me, in consideration of the positive that he did for me, in consideration of the favor that he did for me, then I would have let these prisoners. Urdu word is lihaz. Sharia just teaches us the word lihaz. Consideration. Don't just treat people like that. Give people the honor, give people the dignity. Acknowledge the favor that a person has done for you. Acknowledge the favor that a person has done for you. Give people the honor, give people the dignity. Don't just use a person thereafter when you don't need them anymore, you chuck them on. That is not what the seerah teaches. In the final days of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, before he departed from this world, Abu Bakr and Abbas radiallahu ta'ala anhumah, they were passing by Masjid al and they saw a group of Ansar in the masjid and they were talking to one another, they were very emotional, they were crying. Abu Bakr and Abbas radiallahu ta'ala anhumah, they asked him, Oh Ansar, why are you crying? So they said, Nadhkuru majlis al-Nabiyya sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. We can't help but think about the majlis and the gathering of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Because they knew that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was in his final days, he was very very ill. And they had this thought in their mind that when Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is gone, no one will care about us, no one will worry about us. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam used to love us so much, he used to give us so much of attention. We had such a special bond with Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and we are going to truly miss him. So they were crying. So Abu Bakr and Abbas radiallahu ta'ala anhum, they went to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that, oh Rasulullah, this is what the Ansar uh, they very emotional, they saying things like this. So Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in that state, he says to them that let's go to the masjid. In that ill state, very very ill, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam with the sahaba radiallahu ta'ala anhu, the hadith says that he had sallallahu alayhi wa sallam a shawl, a 
wrapped around his shoulder. And he also had an oily cloth that was taped around his Mubarak and blessed head. In that state, he came to the masjid. The Sahaba, radiallahu anhu, all of them were there. And then he ascended the bimbar. And this was the last that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam ascended the bimbar. He came to the masjid specifically for this. He ascended the bimbar, he praised Allah, and he glorified Allah. And he said to the Sahaba, radiallahu anhu, O my Sahaba, please consider, consider the Ansar. In view of their health, their sacrifices, what they did for me when they did it in the early days of Islam, consider the Ansar. Don't forget about that. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was fully aware and cognizant about the sacrifices and the feelings of the Ansar. That in that ill state, in his final moments, he came to the masjid and he addressed the entire gathering. That, oh my Sahaba, don't forget about my Ansar. It is mentioned in the hadith, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam loved the Ansar so much, he said that if they have to tread a path, and others have to tread another path, he will tread the path of the Ansar. On one occasion, some ladies and children were returning back home from a walima, and he saw them. Out of respect for them, he stood up. The hadith says, out of respect of the Ansar, he stood up. And he says, by the one in whose hands is my life, these people are the most beloved to me. These people, the Ansar, they are the most beloved to me. So in this incident, he addresses the Sahaba in the masjid and he says, They are my intestines and they are my basket. It's an expression to show how close they are. For they have fulfilled their responsibility. Whatever responsibility was on their shoulders, they fulfilled. In repaying them, we haven't repaid them. And then he says to them, Oh my Sahaba, you see these Ansar, if they do any good, then accept the good that they have to make the mistake. And if they err, and if they do some wrong, then forgive them and tolerate the mistake. In consideration of the favors that they have done to me, in consideration of the good that they have done to me. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is teaching us something very, very important. Never ever forget the favor that someone has done. And then he says, People are increasing in number now. People are entering into the fold of Islam. The numbers are increasing. And as the numbers are increasing, my Ansar, their number is decreasing. However, despite their being little in number, they are like how salt is in a meal. Meaning they are the true flavor of this Ummah. They are the true taste of this Ummah. So consider them. Be good to them, be kind to them. Sometimes in life when we want to progress, when we want to advance, then we progress on the strength and the shoulders of how many of us? Definitely someone helped us throughout some phase in our life to get somewhere. And maybe perhaps years later we become independent and we feel we've made it and we forget that 10 years later this is the person that helped me. We don't phone, we don't ask how they are. And unfortunately the situation is such, and it's a reality, that that very same person who helped us 10 years ago, 20 years ago, they come to us and they say that, I'm in a situation, please, if you can help and assist, do something for me. We turn up and we make excuses. We forgot the favor that they did for us. We forgot on whose strength we stood up. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam teaches us, don't ever forget the favor that someone has done for you. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us this in the Quran, in Surah Rahman, what does Allah say? Hal ihsan illa ihsan. The repayment of good is only good. Meaning that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, one explanation of this verse is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not look at our mistakes. 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala looks at our loyalty to Him. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala looks at how we are obedient to Him. And for the little good that we do, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala considers that. Allah focuses on the positive. Allah considers what we do, what little good we do. And based on that, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to focus on the positives of people. Consider the feelings of people. Don't focus on the negatives. Don't focus on the negative. Focus on the, what, the positives of what people have to offer. Imagine if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala treated us the way we treat. My marhum Ustaz Ibrahim Desai Hatibahullah ta'ala, Sufi of Shawud, Rahimahullah, may Allah be pleased with him. I remember in the first lesson of Bukhari, and this is still etched in my mind, he said to us, inject positivity. We were discussing the hadith of Irhamu man fil arq, Irhamkum man fil sama. That those people who are merciful to those on earth, to humanity, be merciful to them. If you are merciful unto people, if you tolerate the mistakes of people, if you focus on the positives of people, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will have mercy on you. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will look at you in a positive light. And this is also a worldly concept. People considering the favors of others, it's a worldly concept. If you sign up with an airline, they give you loyalty points. Why? Because they consider your loyalty to them. We're not discussing whether permissible or impermissible, but the concept is still the same. They consider your loyalty with them. You signed up with them, they consider that, they acknowledge that. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says to us, Irhamu man fil ard, yarhamukum man fil sa'ad. Show mercy and be good to people on earth. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will be good to you. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will have mercy on you. And to focus on the positives of people and not the negatives is an expression of good akhlaq and good character. We always ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for good character. Allahumma ahdina li salihi al-amani wal akhlaq. Oh Allah, guide me to pious deeds and good akhlaq. One expression of good akhlaq is that when I look at a person, I focus on their positive and not their In conclusion, uh, the second thing that I wanted to mention was that we now find ourselves in the month of Rajab, a truly sacred month. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has blessed us to be in this month, that has made the best of this month. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to show us the month of Ramadan with afiyah and salam. Remember that this is a very sacred month. Abdullah ibn Abbas radiallahu ta'ala anhuma, he says that when a person commits a deed, a good deed is multiplied in a sacred month. But likewise, on the opposite side of the spectrum, if a person commits an evil deed, then that is also uh, multiplied in the sight of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So let us be careful about that. Let us spend our days in the ibadah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, fearing Allah and trying our level best never to fall into the disobedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And lastly, the youngsters of our community, those that have written the examinations, those, those that have passed, we say to you, MashaAllah, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept you, may Allah increase you in beneficial knowledge. We, we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to use you for the khidmah of deen, and we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to use you for the khidmah of humanity. Those that did not achieve the results that they wanted to achieve, then we also say, MashaAllah, we also say, Alhamdulillah. And remember, these are worldly examinations. We always have a second chance. A third chance, it's not the end of the world. To the parents of those youngsters, we say to you, focus on the positives of your child, not the negative. Don't criticize. Be a pillar of support. Encourage them, motivate them, and help them. And remember, ultimately, each and every single one of us are also writing an examination. Allah is the examiner. We are in an examination hall, which is this dunya. And we need to ask ourselves that, am I succeeding in this? How am I doing? 
when I succeed in this examination that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given me, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the tawfiq of making amal, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guide us, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alleviate the difficulties of the ummah around the world, especially the Muslims of Palestine, of Yemen, of Sudan, of Somalia, the Yerga Muslims, and anywhere around the world, especially our community, our country, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us ease and afiyah, wa akhiru da'wana, alhamdulillah.